Welcome to the podcast. This is the Dance PT podcast, hosted by moi, Jenna Cantor, performer, hachikapow, and physical therapist. In our interviews, we will dive into all the things that can regularly help you. That's right. As a dance physical therapist with your patients. That's right. Please note that the purpose of this podcast is entertainment and is not here to replace any medical advice. That being said, we are all here to support each other, which leaves me at the most important message I want to leave you with. You are enough and never change yourself for anyone. That's right. You heard me. Be you, and that will enable you to help others the best way possible. Let's end with more scatting. That's right. Jenna out. Hey! Hello, everyone. Dance physical therapist. Great to be on here. I am with Ben Fung. Ben Fung, thank you so much for coming on. If you don't know him, now you know him. Seriously, Ben has done so much for the physical therapy profession with staying on top of the job market alone. If you want to see other things he does, oh my gosh, look him up. Uh, Definitely, if you want to bond with him in seconds, definitely come prepared with a quote from Star Wars or say something. I, I Then he will d- better appreciate and bond with you in seconds. But Ben, first of all, just thank you so much for coming on to of talk. Course, of course. It's a huge honor and privilege to be able to share thoughts and connect with good people and, and hopefully help some good people, especially in the trajectory of the job market. Absolutely. Uh, let's just dive into this now regarding the job market itself. So what are some, uh, I, I'm going to start with this question, then you can lead it to wherever you want to, honestly, because you know where it needs to go. Sure. Compared to the beginning of this, compared to March 1st, um, how how significant of a drop, either in percentages or everything, has it been with the job market? And do you project from things, do you think it will go down more or do you think we'll continue to have a recovery? Well, I think you're going to see a mixed bag. Uh, and I'll define it as in by sectors and segments. So we did see that initial drop in March with the lockdown of everything. Uh, and we're also kind of battling a couple of uh, reimbursement battlegrounds. But also there's just kind of a change in culture that we've seen in the physical therapy uh, and healthcare at large job market in terms of settings and specialties. You know, we've seen that outpatient had the initial crash because we couldn't go anywhere, couldn't see anybody. Everything immediately took off into digital appointments or telehealth or what have you. Uh, and then we saw some differences occur and evolve in SNF and home health. And so we're going to continue to see that. We're going to continue to see outpatient recover. We're going to see acute care stabilize. SNF and home health are going to be kind of question marks, primarily those two. Um, my guess is that you're going to see a little bit more hurt in home health, call it a marketplace adjustment, whereas SNF has already gone through several stages of shocks over the last, call it five years or so. Um, even oh. as early as like 2012, 2013, there were adjustments that had to be made. So the, the stability that we used to know in healthcare as healthcare workers, as clinicians, uh, is really much changed with COVID since it's been kind of the first of this century, really big shakedown of, of what is and what could healthcare be in the future. Uh, and so with that, job markets will obviously be shaken up a little bit. Um, and for better or for worse, we have to deal with that here and now together. 
Absolutely. If anybody's experienced change right now in the job market, please write down change uh, down below so we can just see who's really hands on going like, yeah. And then also, aside from just writing change, tell, let us know if it has to do with, say, your clinical, right? Clinical, if you've had a change with your clinical experience or with the job that you have. So write down change clinical jobs so that we can really see what's going on with you. So Ben, at this moment, regarding let's focus on this five percent cut which everybody's seeing in reimbursement which we're trying to send letters and everything to prevent that from happening now for those who do not know this five percent cut in reimbursement has a massive trickle down effect for affecting jobs period um because with less reimbursement that means there's less money coming in and less capability to pay and afford and so on. So it, it can affect the number of patients treated at a time. It can affect who's at PTAs, uh, them having jobs. It can affect, honestly, physical therapists having jobs. They may have to scale down because if you don't have that money coming in, you have to decrease your expenses to meet it, to actually have some sort of profit. And there's nothing wrong with wanting a profit. That is literally the purpose of having a job, is to have a profit. <laughs> so we need to keep that in mind for anyone who does own a business. Um, but yeah, what, uh, where, where do you, what are your thoughts on that, this 5% coming up? Well, I think this 5% coming up, really, we, we need to roll that back historically and really realize that as much as we need to fight the here and now, we need to fight for the then and future. Um, if you look historically at pay cuts or reimbursement cuts throughout healthcare as we know it, call it healthcare since uh, the 1990s, uh, there's really a rare situation where we've gained ground. Like we've, we've gotten much more in reimbursement, whether it's by codes or by differentials or by settings than we really have gotten stuff rolling, you know, rolled back on us uh, through pay cuts, reimbursement cuts, uh, differential that go the negative direction. And so really what I see is, yeah, we still have to advocate for here and now. But we, what we also really, really need to think about is with this historically having been the case for, say, the last 30 years, so call that uh, one and a half to two generations of professionals uh, within mm -hmm. their career cycle, how are we going to prepare and protect the next cycle? Because it's not just the profession that we're protecting, it's the patients that we serve. Uh, and that's always kind of where it comes to. Uh, and, and it's important to, yes, uh, consider what's going to be a healthy profit, um, to understand that reimbursement uh, comes in at certain rates. Uh, sometimes they go up, sometimes they go down, depending on how you utilize. And then some of that needs to be uh, covering of overhead of human resources, which means staff, clinicians, et cetera. I think what we really, really need to do uh, overall is use this as a here and now battlegrounds to vault us to the then and tomorrow. I think we really need to think about where value really is in healthcare uh, beyond the treatment session of today or tomorrow into what do entire courses of care or what do uh, what does it look like to take care of a patient, uh, pardon the phrase, but from say cradle to grave or from certain uh, populations and, and age brackets and demographic groups and risk factors. Uh, ultimately, that was the vision in many ways of contemporary healthcare was to take pools of people of various healths and protect them from going down into a lesser pool of health uh, or to a lesser pool of, of risk uh, so that they can 
live their full lives. There's an incredible amount of loss that occurs when we're ill or injured or, or the unforeseen happens, which will have to happen because that's life. But at the same time, there's a lot of preventable situations, whether it comes to injury or disease process. And we know that just through statistics and risk factors and population health management. So I think really that's the direction we need to advocate, but we need to advocate for the here and now because we can't survive here and now, there will not be tomorrow. And I think that's really important um, for, for clinicians of today, uh, of students of today who will be our colleagues of tomorrow though I already consider you colleagues of today. Um, and it's really what we really want to focus on to me, and this is coming from more of, of like a economic ecosystem standpoint, is that if we focus so much or too much on, on preserving the 5%, we forget about the other 95% that we're trying to fight for on a metaphorical level. And I feel like that's how we continue to lose the battleground is we try to fight for smaller pieces of pie, whether it's uh, within the profession or within the industry at large against other professionals or in groups of allies, you know, against groups of competitors where we really should be fighting for the whole of the pie uh, that creates healthier societies because healthier societies create healthier economies. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more as somebody else said, I just have to share this with you guys. So I just discovered a new feature on StreamYard, which is what we are broadcasting through, where when I click on somebody's comment, it shows up. I want to actually read oh, this. That was cool, actually. Are you able to see it? Yeah. I can see it, yeah. Yeah, so I was lucky to have been fully digital before all this by coincidence. The digit digitalization of the world has made it significantly easier to help consumers understand how a PT could help digitally. And then, and there's never been a better time to exit the insurance model. It's time for us to stop playing this game. And I, I think this is a great opinion to have and to highlight on here because there are all sorts of movements and different things that people believe in. I'm actually on the same page as this person because I am a person who works outside of insurance. However, everybody needs treatment. So it's not one or the other. You figure out where you're like, this is where I can serve and I can help my people. And ultimately it's, it's not saying I'm choosing one or the other pie. There's many different pieces of the pie to fill. And we all need to fill it in order to help out our patients. Um, what are your thoughts on that comment, Ben? Uh, I'm aligned with it. You know, we have to understand this is a market mix and we have to see the, the kind of the law of large numbers when it comes to the industry and the prof uh, profession at large uh, for individual practitioners, for uh, practices, whether they're a standalone clinic or they might be an early or developed enterprise. Uh, there's always going to be a mixture of how you attain revenue, how you attain customers, which are our patients uh, and possibly clients on the wellness side. So whatever the case is, it, it's not always going to be so clearly one or the other with transition uh, comes phases, you know, and uh, I think that the insurance model will have to be for a certain segment of our population that may not be the right patient for you, but it might be the right, right patient for a collaborator across town. So um, on that same note, though, is we have to recognize that there's uh, kind of certain barriers, uh, economic and social barriers to access of care. And we have to be cognizant of that. We have to be respectful of that and be uh, ensure that, that people still have an equitable access to care, regardless of our participation of it. Um, and it doesn't mean that everyone has to accept payer A, B or C, or everybody has to uh, immediately go digital in cash. What it really means is that you, you have to carve out your area and be true to your business model and be true to your company values. Uh, and within that also be true to the values of our profession and our industry as a whole. 
Um, I also think that in terms of you know playing the insurance game, getting in, getting out, uh, and all of that, uh, I think we're going to see it in waves. I think we're going to see companies exit entirely, uh, you know, in a stage process, so that's financially feasible. I think we're going to see some uh, just drop out tomorrow, you know, like January one, we're done. And I think we're also going to see uh, the opposite effect. We're going to see some micro practices go. You know what? Uh, Medicare is taking a lot of applications, and it's a heck of a lot less consumer education to say, hey, look. Uh, I do private prompt pay and I accept uh, Medicare beneficiaries. And it makes it very, very clear. Uh, all to say also that, you know, there, there's, there's going to have to be a you do right for you uh, as much as we do right for all. Uh, and we play a part of that. Like I can't as a brand do right for everybody, but I can do right for my specific areas of focus. Uh, and I think if we stick true to that uh, and support each other in the areas that we both overlap and also uh, exist uniquely, that's the best of all worlds. It's kind of a, a play back to, you know, the, the, uh, the thought of a beautiful mind and the Nash equilibrium and how, you know, the, the, you have to do right for yourself and the group at large. Uh, and there's definitely some evidence of that in terms of business literature. But I also think there's a little bit of an existential piece to that, that we're a little bit more aware of now, especially during pandemic, where so much has been cast, uh, you know, awry and, and into, um, in, into a microscope where we've all kind of looked around and going, you know, what are the necessary pieces of life? You know, whether it's clinical, uh, home life or e economy at large. And uh, I think by doing that uh, in a staged approach, if you can see it on the landscape of things with uh, obviously a bell curve to it, uh, I don't see that we can go wrong so long as we keep the end user, the patient uh, and, and the, the social health welfare in mind. Yeah. Uh, got another comment here. Same page, but non-insurance does not mean high price sessions. There's a handful of players who have made cash pay synonymous with expensive. I'm actually going to respond to this here because I'm very, very much about us coming really together. There are all different types of uh, people who are providing physical therapy. And um, don't worry about what other physical therapists are doing. Focus on you and what you're bringing to the table. So that way you can continue to surround yourself with people who believe in the same thing as you. You don't get frustrated by things that honestly are just not uh, not worth your time. Do, do, uh, do you follow what I'm saying? Um, also, because you never know who could be your friend and to support you when you're trying to figure out something, you get stuck on what a treatment is for a patient. So just because they may disagree with what you would charge, uh, I, 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 I get it. I get the thought. However, you focus on being massively successful and you will be, and I believe in you, it'll be awesome. Then if we go into this innovation in every industry is often correlated with demonization. Now is the time to also work towards that as a profession. Oh yeah. 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 What are your thoughts? Uh, there's a great, uh, I'm going to butcher it. There's a great Bob Iger quote from his latest book, uh, Right of a Lifetime. And uh, there's actually a kind of a series of it. I put it up on the uh, Doc Media blog, but essentially goes like this, that, uh, that it's incumbent on every company or business or industry to seek out innovation, to seek out new ways of doing things of what will not just work today, but tomorrow, despite the fact that it still might be massively profitable today, uh, but unsustainable tomorrow. And I feel that's a combination of human nature uh, and a combination of, call it uh, Western business culture. And whatever the case might be, 
uh, there's again a transitional balance to that. You, you can't just jump till tomorrow because the technology or the marketplace may not be available yet. You know, and you still need to be able to gather enough early adopters to make that a financially feasible venture. At the same time, you can't just cling on to what has always been known because what has always been known never survives tomorrow next year, next decade, it always changes. It always evolves for one reason or another, you know, yeah. regardless of if you perceive it as good or bad, it's the reality of it. So I think really uh, it's, it's something of the nature of we, we have to focus on innovation. It doesn't mean doing things completely new or uh, in, it's innovation isn't invention. Many times innovation is combining feature sets or, or feature sets or access points in a novel way. Uh, and, the, oh gosh, I think the, the number one piece of, of thing that you can do is what you probably are holding in your phone, which is your mobile device that has completely revolutionized the last 20, 30 years of technology and lifestyle. And so in very similar ways, that's kind of a hint. You know, what, what the mobile device you hold in your phone is a hint of an access point that we might be able to use to better innovate. There are players in the field right now, but I feel like there's more of us that need to play in that same playground. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that so much. And what I really like about where this discussion has gone, it's not that we have a solution for the job market, you know, like going on this decline, um, because I mean, let's face it, we may see more more businesses struggling even going into 2021 because they're trying to stay open. But I like your focus on the opportunity for innovation and really taking advantage of all the opportunities that are out there in order to leverage yourself with business and, and jobs and clinicals and anything. Um, anything else you want to add on this? Because I, I like these to be nice and short little tidbits. I don't want to take any thoughts um, that you might have out of it. Oh, no, no. Uh, I feel a discussion, you know, back and forth is always good, you know, and, and you need a diversity of thought. And I, I feel like one thing I, I can add as a kind of a nice uh, segue to all of this is to play the innovation uh, key note chord uh, motif onto your individual career path or job market experiences. All too often, I feel that clinicians tend to bottleneck themselves or pigeonhole themselves into a specialty or into a setting or to a location. Um, and I feel like that's part of what has made life so difficult in the job market as a whole, like globally uh, with the pandemic, is that we were so used to, um, I, I feel as a global culture to be hyper-specialized individuals in everything that we do. Um, you know, it's, I'm an ortho specialist. I'm a uh, sports specialist. You know, I, I only do this. I only do that. Uh, you see this in engineering. You see this in uh, the areas of, of architecture and construction. You see this in healthcare, obviously. You see this in law, right? People are so hyper-specialized that it's very difficult to reach across the aisle and be meaningful on that uh, venue or channel or specialty as well. So what I really want to encourage you to consider is, is to consider ways to create a little bit of, of diversification in the portfolio of your career and, and find ways to be meaningful in multiple specialties and or multiple locations and be open to that. That's obviously part of the job market is location. And sometimes it's the number one consideration for most candidates. But at the same time, there's an opportunity that's probably waiting across the river or state lines or whatever the case might be, um, that might be just perfect for you and might not be a, uh, you know, it might not be your forever job, but it might be really, really good for you right now to develop for that next stage. And I think that innovating within individual career sets is a wonderful way of creating kind of this mass innovation within our uh, professional cultural portfolio as well. That it's not that we're talking about, you know, a group of uh, khaki wearing orthos over here or scrub wearing you know, acute care uh, clinicians over here, uh, but to really be able to mesh that uh, and, and see not just uh, 
our profession across the continuum, but maybe see the patient's care experience across the continuum, which will ultimately lead to better innovation at large. I love that. I, I like that perspective a lot, especially because I think totally differently. Um, and, and I'm just putting out this in case somebody has thoughts like this, because both are great. Um, honestly, totally great. Um, if you if if you feel that something is being cut off from your life and how you want to live it and it feels a little like oh, and this massive downfall, that is OK. And go with your gut and listen to yourself in order for you to achieve the life that you ultimately want as well. So like I like Ben, I think you have such a good positive outlook on the idea of like, see the opportunity on like, say there's not a dance clinical, there's not a dance job, but where you can still get that opportunity to grow at that job. I think that's freaking awesome. And it makes me super happy. But it's also okay, if you're a person where you're like, I really don't want that. And you go for what you want. I think there's so much opportunity right now. Um, in this hard time for the world. Um, and it really is seeing the innovation opportunity and seeing that that really will help you get to where you ultimately want to be. And I, I'm just so grateful that you have come on, Ben. I've always loved conversations with you. I've always loved your insight on stuff. Uh, you are a wise human of the Jedi Lords. Um, <laughs> I ain't trying to be. Mostly wise, maybe wise something else too. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm telling you, you guys just refer to Star Wars and it's all good. It's all um, good. But no, it's so good to have you on here. I, I'm just, you are a joy. I'm definitely would love to have you back um, because sure. you are just awesome. And your setup is incredible. Can you guys do? down below for those who have uh are not seeing this and you're hearing this in the dance pt podcast itself be sure to just come and write ben fung in the dance pt group and you'll see what i'm saying because your video and, and stuff it looks like you look like you're on and like an actual tv show oh my god Thank wait you. up with the star the the planet oh my god that's amazing oh, the, yeah that's um that's so cool that's so cool. All right. See, I'm the Disney person. So you mentioned Disney and then I get oh, to I have a whole, uh, wait, just hang right there. Oh, oh, oh. We're going to get more of a, of a tour to really jazz this up and see some cool things. Love it. Guitar. Oh, yes. Mini Mickey Star Wars. I don't notice anything else. That's the only thing I want to look at. That's amazing. I love that. I love that. I mean, you gotta you gotta have a setup that makes you happy. Yes. So I, I'm actually happy. very, very, very proud of that guy. What's that? You have to say that's, that it's gonna be a podcast. Oh, okay, so so the podcast listeners, that's the Congo Queen. Um, that's the Congo Queen from the world famous uh, Disneyland Jungle Cruise. So oh uh, it, yes, it's a, it's a fun. I, I kind of haphazardly collect pops. Uh, our whole family does, and so I'll change some of these guys out from time to time. And that, that was when I was just I, I love the Jungle Cruise. It's just one of my it, it's one of my all time favorite rides. You can always go there, and it'll be slightly different one way or the other. And and you can always kind of miff and tiff with the skipper, and uh, they'll know they'll know you know, and they'll make fun of you for it, and you enjoy it. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Oh my God. Perfect. Wait, where can people find you on social media? 
So uh, my personal handle's all Dr. Ben Fung, so that's D-R-B-E-N-F-U-N-G. Uh, I welcome you to text me. It's 470-BEN-FUNG. And then all of my content's on the, uh, the updocmedia.com website. Um, that's kind of our center hub for everything, or you can just go to updoc.com, uh, and that kind of spreads you out in terms of a different interest if you're interested in business development or uh, agency-level marketing. But uh, you know, really, for the career stuff, if you go to updocmedia.com, that's where so much is uh, our, our features are there, our reports are there. So if you're looking for like the job market pulse for what normal salary should be, or the payer invo pool for what reimbursement norms should be, uh, or our ever popular, uh, you know, shameless plug here, the, the, uh, the CQI, the corporate quality index, that's our biggest push right now is to create more uh, organizational transparency between employers and employees. And it's become uh, quite a hit with a lot of interesting insights that we're hoping to uh, release before the end of the year. I love it. When can we expect the latest one for 2021? Uh, well, going into 2021, well, the probably another New Year's driven uh, job market pulse will come out. Uh, I'm really hoping like around that same time, we'll get a corporate quality index release and, and maybe highlight some organizations that are really leading the edge in terms of organizational culture uh, for salary, for benefits and uh, for decision making and, and just other metrics that we found are really meaningful to the talent pool and what makes for a really good company, a really good corporation of any size. Uh, and, and I think that we have a lot to learn from each other on yeah. that because, you know, some of the best paying jobs may not have the best uh, corporate culture and vice versa. And, and there are ways to optimize across that continuum of, of what that compensation package can look like. Uh, and I think by doing that, by taking care of our own, we'll be better positioned to take care of our patients. Woo! Love that. We are finishing there because that was just such a good mic drop. I can't stand it. All right, everyone, love each and every one of you. Please, please, please believe in yourself first and foremost. Whatever you ultimately want to achieve, go for it. No one else is living your life except you. Remind yourself of that every day. Opinions are like assholes. Everyone has them. And I, yes, as usual, I use the word asshole professionally. All right. Love you all. Bye. <laughs> Thank mm -hmm. you.